Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Heather Miller, who's Chief Operating Officer at Breakthrough. And today we're going to talk about taking a targeted approach to contract capacity procurement. Now, it's been a roller coaster ride for shippers and carriers the past couple of years uh, in the transportation market. Uh, you know, remember 2018 when you know transportation spend went through the roof uh, due to capacity constraints. And then, of course, you know, we had COVID last year, which, you know, uh, turned the, the, the market upside down yet again, and we're still feeling its effects, uh, you know, right now. So the question is, has the time come to transform the transportation procurement process? Many shippers believe so, but how do you get started? And, you know, what's the, uh, what's the first step? So that's going to be the main focus of our conversation today. And it's great to have Heather on the program to share her insights and advice on this topic. So Heather, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here and excited for our conversation today. Great. Well, Heather, you're, you're a first time guest here on Talking Logistics. And, you know, like I always like to do uh, whenever I bring on a new guest, I'm always curious how people get involved with this industry to begin with. So before we dive into transportation procurement and what's happening in, in that realm, why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path, how and why you got involved with this industry and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Breakthrough? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my career started in a very different place than I am today. And actually, upon reflection, it's something that I am uh, quite thankful for. So I started in retail and specifically in marketing and merchandising. So uh, so different than my focus today. But one of the things that has become you know, very clear to me over the course of my career is that really everything is supply chain. Um, and marketing and merchandising happens to just be one end of it, right? And so having the base of what is it to deliver an experience to a client? How does marketing need to be supported by supply chain? How does supply chain deliver on the promise that marketing is making um, has been a really nice sort of base for me to have as I moved more deeply into transportation. Um, and so then from that role, I moved, of course, over to Breakthrough. And that's been, gosh, about eight and a half years for me now. Um, lots of different roles at Breakthrough. I think the one uniting theme has been a focus on client experience. And so it's been a great ride. You know, coming over to Breakthrough was exciting. It was exciting to be a part of something that was a startup and sort of making some change in the industry. Um, and so then in the last two and a half years, I've moved into my current position. And that was really in tandem with Breakthrough expanding what our capabilities look like. So uh, for the first probably 14 years of the business, really niche focus on fuel reimbursement and how shippers can help manage cost and emissions associated with their fuel put footprints. And then in the last two and a half years, really thinking about how do we take that ecosystem of data that we have from, from understanding what what transportation looks like for all of our shippers and really leverage it into something that can more broadly speak to operations and procurement and transportation in total. Wow, well, great, great journey. You know, like, you know, and part of the reason I asked this, that, that question is that, you know, over all the years, so we just celebrated our eighth year on, on talking logistics. Okay. And I would say the vast majority of people started somewhere else other than supply chain and the logistics. So you're not, you know, you're, you're more with the, uh, what's common as, you know, yeah. you, you know, uh, you're more the rule than the exception. But I would say, I don't think we've had anyone that started out in, in marketing and merchandising and retail. Yeah. So I think you might be the first to kind of start there and move into uh, you know, the, the supply chain logistics role. Uh, but great, great background um, and great uh, you know, experience there at Breakthrough work, working with many clients uh, you know, over, over these years. 
So, you know, like I said in my opening comments, you know, a lot of lessons learned, if you will, a lot of things happening over the past few years, especially in, in, in 2020. So as, as you, you know, reflect back on, you know, your conversations with clients, you, your work you've done with them, I mean, what, what do you say was the, the you know, the, the main learnings or teachings that, you know, the shipping community had in, in, in 2020, particularly as it relates to strategic planning and, and procurement strategies? Yeah, um, I guess said very simply, even the best plans and sort of the most nuanced and advanced approach to planning can't necessarily predict the future. Um, and I think that what that's really taught us is that in our planning, uh, we need to really think about how do we both plan for what we expect to happen and have process data technology solutions that allow us to be nimble for when the unexpected happens. Um, and 2020 could not have highlighted more how unexpected the unexpected can be um, and how you know old process needs to be looked at. And we need to think about what's the new technology that we have, what are the new data sets that we have to really think about new approaches. And so I think that more than anything, 2020 has given us appetite to think differently about things and shown us how important being able to be responsive and nimble is as a part of our, our ongoing strategy. You know, as you were, as, as you were uh, go, going through that, the comment you said at the beginning there reminded me of what we see in financial statements all the time, right? Past performance is no guarantee of, of future results, yeah. right? And, right? And I think that's certainly true in, in, the, in the transportation realm. And, uh, you know, the role that, you know, technology is playing, the role that data and insights is playing in, in terms of being able to leverage those things to really re you know question the way we've always done things because we i think the, the 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 way forward begins with really questioning the status quo and right. i think the way you do that effectively is by again leveraging the data and the insights that, that you have to kind of find a find a better way um so, so how did you see you know how do shippers then respond or adapt in, in 2020 from from your experience and and you know what lessons learned do they carry now and, and what changes do they need to make to you know, succeed moving forward? Yeah, great question. So I'll start by saying not all shippers were impacted equally. Um, and this is true, especially at, you know, the March, April timeframe when the sort of reality of the pandemic was settling in on us. We saw very different behavior if you were a CPG or paper goods shipper as compared to, you know, at that time, if your business was non-essential or shut down um, for, for some period of time. So, so not all experiences looked the same. And I would say at that beginning timeframe, really one of the the most nimble tools we had to respond was to look to brokerage to, to be able to support surging capacity needs that shippers had or you know, new volume that was coming out of plants that was perhaps unexpected. And so, um, so that was a lot of what we saw a surge in sort of spot market activity at that time frame. Then I would say as we settled into the summer months, um, maybe a bit more stability came into place. Um, and at the very least, we started to see some patterns for how, how consumers were acting right? So in total, we're consuming more than ever. And I think that has to do with we can't be consuming services. So we're consuming products. Uh, so everyone's shipping more. Um, and then the types of things that are being shipped are, um, I guess, indicative of pandemic trends, trends, perhaps. So we're consuming more at home. So at home food products, you know, the volume is high and remaining high there. At home paper products, same type of story. And so 
you know, what we've seen, and I think something that's really interesting is, is we've started to settle into some trends that we think will persist for some amount of time, but our behavior in transportation, really operations and procurement, hasn't maybe yet level set to those new trends. So we're still seeing sort of outsized spot market activity as compared to a normal year. Uh, in the breakthrough ecosystem of data, we see normally shippers are looking at, you know, about 20% brokerage is normal and 80% really contract freight movements. Uh, today, we're looking at something more close to a 50-50 split, really in the high 40s usage of, um, of spot uh, carriers in, in our shippers' networks. That's pretty unusual behavior. Um, and it comes at a cost premium in today's environment, as you might expect. Um, you know, at its peak, we were seeing like a 60 cent per mile separation between spot and contract freight. And so we really think and are, are helping shippers think about how do I look at my new reality, the new trends that I'm seeing in my freight, and how do I think about contracting better finding access to asset-based carriers that I maybe haven't worked with before, um, being more nimble in my approach and, and finding partnerships that can support me through this place. Um, and that's something that we're really helping shippers think about in, as we you know, sort of start 2021 here. Yeah, you know, you, we recently published a guest commentary that you wrote that, that highlighted some of that data, which I, I found very, very interesting. So I'll, I'll uh, alert our viewers to, you know, check that out on Talking Logistics, uh, the guest commentary that you wrote. Now, is that mismatch? I mean, is that elevated use of the spot market? Is that mainly because, I mean, what's causing that? Is that mainly because the contracted rates are, you know, misaligned with today's current reality? So I think there is that, right? Like the spot market is, is at a higher price point than contracted freight. Um, and therefore we see more tender turndown activity, for example. Um, but the fundamental driver, the demand thing that's really driving that is that we're just shipping more. Um, and so, you know, I think that brokerage deals really well with volatility that exists in everyone's, everyone's transportation network. Of course, there are just things that we don't plan for. But we're sort of beyond that. We're just seeing elevated shipments. And so how do we think about contracting for the new level that we need to contract at and not just simply using brokerage as, as sort of the stopgap there? So I think there's certainly something about examining the reality of the market rates that we're in today. You know, if you have an RFP or contracts that are outdated by years, it's probably time to take a look at that. Um, but then also there's, uh, you know, we're not in this period of shipment chaos anymore. We're in sort of a new stable level. So let's also take a look at if I'm a shipper, what's happening at my lane level, at my facility level, and how do I need to think about contracting differently? Right, right. So, so is this more kind of targeted, ongoing freight procurement, you know, approach, uh, kind of a new, new idea? And then how are, how are shippers operationalizing this? Yeah, really good question. I don't think it's a new idea. I think that we've been talking about the need to advance RFP strategy for a while. Um, I think that this big bang approach to sending a whole network out to bid is disruptive at best. Um, and it's disruptive for both shippers and carriers. Um, and it's also static. Uh, it takes a snapshot in time and then sort of projects that forward for a year or, you know, sort of whatever your, your cadence is. And so I think that as an industry, we've been talking a lot about how do we advance our practices around procurement. Um, and maybe 2020 is the first time where we've decided, wow, we really need to take a look at this. And I think the way that we get our arms around it is with 
more data, being able to understand what's happening in the ecosystem of freights around me, not just my network, and then also better technology um, in order to understand where you might need sourcing attention and where things are going really well. You really need to understand what's happening at each lane level every day over the course of a month, over the course of a quarter in my network to make those types of decisions. And so, you know, it's time to, I think, advance some of those practices and we need data and technology to do it. And we're seeing the importance of having partners that have data and technology like that for shippers to be able to really operationalize this, this practice. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, you know, the saying is, you know, from crisis comes opportunity. And I think, you know, you had, like I mentioned in my opening comments, you know, 2018, you know, you had CFOs and CEOs talking in their quarterly reports, financial reports, they were talking about transportation, the fact that it was, you know, off the char charts and impacting their, their P&L and, and, and their uh, performance. And then obviously you have COVID now, you know, so I think these, these things in the past couple of years have served as a catalyst for companies to really say, hey, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. We know that there's, you know, room for improvement. We know that the current process that we've been using for decades really, you know, is kind of misaligned with the, today's realities. And I think, I think there's enough momentum now in the industry to really walk the talk on, you know, doing some of the things that, that, that you talked about here. And then I think, to your point, I think the technology is there now to provide some of that, that insight. We've got greater access and transparency to data now than, than ever before. And I think partners, you know, such as, such as yourselves have the ability to bring that expertise and that knowledge and, and, and the tools, you know, to help companies kind of not only understand their market and their network, but putting within that broader perspective, right? I mean, that's part of it too. It's like, it's not only how am I doing, you know, relative to my budget last year or relative to my budget this year, but it's how am I doing relative to other shippers, right? Right. And where do those pockets of opportunity exist that I wouldn't otherwise have visibility to? I think that that idea of how am I doing and what does that mean for the entire ecosystem of transportation around me is really the unlock to being able to take this idea of doing an RFP or sort of right sizing sourcing in an ongoing way from idea to reality. Um, and I think that, you know, what we've seen is, is historically shippers haven't had a lot of visibility into what does supply and demand of assets look like around me unless they're out in the market at RFP. Um, and we really think that they need that visibility and sort of access to a more diversified portfolio of asset-based carriers in order to have these ongoing right-sizing conversations and in order to have the type of partnerships that they need to, to really op operationalize this approach to procurement. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, you know, and, and, you know, you mentioned how, you know, uh, which is, you know, has been my experience as well, right? Contract freight, historically, 80% of the moves out there go via contracted carriers, 20% via spot. Obviously, that's more elevated now, as you, as you talked about. But there's so much more activity going on right now, you know, with, with investments in, in, you know, the, the, the spot market. Um, you, you know, why, why do you think, you know, that, that, that is, uh, you know, why so much focus and emphasis right now on, on the spot market, particularly with, you know, some of the activities that are going on in the marketplace? Yeah, I think that's such a good question. Um, 
You know, you just mentioned that out of crisis comes opportunity, and I'll I'll maybe compare it to that a bit. Um, maybe not crisis, but urgency. I think that spot solutions really solve what feels like an urgent and uh, painful problem for shippers in many cases. Um, the need when you know your contract carrier can't perform on the, the lane that you expected them to, to move freight is like very present and top of mind for us if we've been in that situation. And I think that brokers very um, successfully have found a model to service that need for shippers. Um, and so it's there's been a ton of investment there because it, it feels like a painful problem if you're a shipper in a very sort of present problem in the industry. And then I think that solution providers in this space have been really wise to make these solutions very convenient. Um, it's very easy to, to use a broker as an important part of your network to, to get your freight to market. Um, and that's wise, you know, I think that they've done a great job in, in sort of crafting solutions that meet a market need. And what I'll say is now that we've tackled what feels urgent and painful to shippers, potentially it's time to, to take a step back and look at what's strategic. Um, and how do we think about not just solving the symptoms of our problems, having a mismatch in shipper and carrier or having surge volume that we weren't expecting and instead addressing the root cause of our problems, having systems that aren't dynamic enough to a moving network, a transportation network, to be able to respond to the changes that we know will inevitably come. And so we think it's such an important time now to look at how do we bring data to bear? How do we bring technology to bear? In a lot of cases, the same data and technology that's been applied to the brokerage problem and apply it to the strategic transportation level problem, the planning type of activity that we all need to do to be able to settle into a more normal process and a more robust process for contracting our freight. Yeah, no, great, great point. And I think, you know, in light of everything we've talked about today, it seems like that momentum is certainly moving, you know, moving in that direction. Uh, well, Heather, you know, um, you, you know, we're running a little bit short on time here. So let me just go right to my, my last question here. I mean, so then, you know, how can, you know, shippers then refocus their you know, their strategy, right, to decrease their use of the spot market, you know, more than necessary. And, you know, so what action should they should they take now to kind of start moving in the right direction? Yeah, so I think the first thing is just understanding where we are today, uh, taking a critical look at your network and at the lane level to understand how, how am I behaving? Do I expect that behavior to persist? And then once you understand your network in a very sort of granular level, what opportunities exist? How do I find a partner that can show me data that would allow me to have a more robust carrier portfolio, uh, find new asset carriers that I potentially haven't worked with? How do I assess what is a, an appropriate contract rate? I think that's really important as well. Lots of focus on what's going on in spot rates today. Spot rates and contract rates are not the same. Uh, so making sure that you can find information about what's an appropriate rate to contract at today and allow that to persist for some time. Um, so I think it's really about understanding your reality as a shipper, finding a partner, finding data sets that can help you understand what's the reality of the transportation market and ecosystem in total, and then finding the technology that you need to, to operationalize that. How do you match those opportunities with the, the opportunities that exist in your network in order to move forward in a sustainable way. Well, great, great words of advice there. And, you know, we're just getting started with the year here. It'll be great to kind of touch base, let's say mid-year or just as we head into the holiday season to see, you know, if those lessons learned have been applied. Let's see how that, that data 
that you talked about earlier of see if we've, we've brought that use of the spot market down or what dynamics are, are there in the market. The one thing we know for sure is that the transportation market is always going to continuously be changing. And, you know, do, you know, the question is, you know, are shippers and carriers, you know, uh, aligned and are they, you know, uh, working in the best way possible to, to make sure that it's a win-win, you know, for everybody, uh, everybody involved. Um, Heather, again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really great to be here and to chat with you. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you've got any questions for Heather uh, and you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Breakthrough website or on Talking Logistics, you can post it there. I'm sure she'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.